question of belief and I'm Lawrence Spicer. For many years now there's been a growing interest in this country in what are commonly known as the Eastern mystical religions and they aren't very well understood. Today in the studio with me is Her Holiness Sri Mataji Nirmala Devi. Now she's the leader of the Sahaja Yoga movement. Mataji, welcome to the studio. And let's Thanks. kick off by looking at the beliefs of the Sahaja Yoga movement. Sahaja Yoga is a system by which you get spontaneously your self-realization, your self-knowledge by a happen that is within you in the triangular bone called as sacrum, meaning sacred, lies a power which rises and pierces through your fontanel bone area, which was a soft bone in your childhood, and then on your central nervous system you can feel the collective consciousness, a new dimension is manifested. So this starts by <coughs> happening at birth, which is when um, people have the soft head, as it were. No, it is in a dormant state. And like a seed has in dormant state a tree. But when the seed is planted into the Mother Earth, spontaneously it sprouts, because it's a living process. And evolution is also a living process. So spontaneously it happens when it gets congenial atmosphere. What then is the congenial atmosphere, when a person actually is, accepts the teachings? They don't have to accept anything blindfolded, because by blind faith you do not get it. But you must have an open mind like a scientist has, that supposing a hypothesis is put before you, you should, get, uh, you should judge it yourself by your experience and then believe in it. So there is no need to have any blind faith or any conception, because it's a living process. So the congenial atmosphere is the atmosphere where you sit down uh, with a person who knows how to raise this power in you. And if that person can raise that power, then you yourself become entitled. You yourself are endowed with this power to do this to others. What is this power? What's the nature of it? This is a power of pure desire within us. Now, as you know in economics, you say that in general, desire is not satiable, in general. But this is a desire which we call as of pure desire. And the pure desire within us, dormantly or maybe with awareness or whatever it is, exists of achieving Self-realization, the connection with this Divine is our pure desire. Because after that you feel so satisfied, you become such a witness, you become such a joyous person, and then you want to give this power to everyone. So basically, if the human being achieves this desire of um, all endowment, etc., etc., then they themselves are almost a pure person. It purifies this power rises and purifies, and they become absolutely pure people, as Christ has described. Absolutely. They become righteous, they become compassionate, they become very dynamic, and also they become very forgiving. 
I can understand people, all of us, actually wanting and probably needing that. Very well. But it can only be the few, sadly, who actually do achieve this. <laughs> the problem is, uh, those who have this background, like in India we have this background, because the knowledge in the West is the knowledge of the tree, but knowledge in the East is the knowledge of the roots. So they have this background. So then I get about 12,000, 15,000 people in a meeting when I go to India. But when I come abroad, I find the number is at least reduced ten times or sometimes hundred times. Doesn't matter, because there's no background. But the awareness is very strong, the desire is very strong. So those who come, all of them get it. Have we complicated our lives then with so many material goods, material things, the telephone, the radio? I mean, these all things are meant for you. You are not meant for that. The essence of all the religions is one, that seek the eternal, and the transitory is to be treated in its own understanding and in its own limitations. But we go all out. There's no limit to it. So they sit on our heads. All these machines are sitting on our heads, now we can't do without them. So there should be some balance. We have lost the balance. When we talk about losing, it's very difficult to regain, isn't it? Unless you have a major catastrophe, and that surely is not part of the desire. Actually, it is very difficult, even with catastrophe, I think. People don't understand, because somehow or other, once they have gone on to one derailment, they cannot come back. But it's only the Kundalini awakening, it's only this power when it awakens. Automatically you get into balance, automatically. Because supposing now there's a snake, somebody's holding on, and there's darkness, and I tell him, now there's a snake in your hand, he'll never drop it, because he thinks it's a rope. How to convince him? Till the snake bites him, he won't drop it. So you put on the light, and he drops it automatically. And the snake doesn't bite him. And then snakes run away. Yes, I find I can. That clicks in the, in my mind. Um, really, moving on one step from there, we're talking about a power. Now, again, in the Western world, we think of God yeah. as the power. Yeah. Is the power in the Eastern mind a god or gods or what? Of course, this is the power of God Almighty, who we call as Sadashiva. You call him by any name. Sadashiva means which cannot be changed, which is eternal. Then his power is Adi Shakti. Now here maybe little difference comes in. Like you say, Father the God, then Son the God. What about the Mother? Mother is missing, so they call it Holy Ghost. And if you ask anybody, who is Holy Ghost? They say, we are agnostic about it. So Holy Ghost is the primordial mother. She is the Shakti, she is the mother. And this is her power which creates, while God Almighty is just the witness of the whole show. I'm interested that you pick up the point of the mother and the role, I suppose, when it comes down to it, of women in faith. Um, and I have a slight suspicion, who might talk to you about it, about all people as a religious leader, as a, as a woman religious leader. But within the Western faiths, there's a thing which is very much against the leadership of women in faith, as opposed to in government. 
is absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. If you ask me, it is absolutely wrong. Of course, a man and a woman are like two uh, wheels of a chariot. There has to be difference also, distance between the two, all right. But they are two different, differently made. They are not similar, but equal wheels. And without them, things won't work out. So those who believe in such a thing, I must say, are still have to evolve a little more. Because what was Christ's mother? She was the power behind Him. It can be proved also in Sahaja Yoga, we can prove it, that she was the power behind Christ. I suspect, though, that you're not particularly bothered about going into these, what obviously are rather petty points. It's not petty, it's very important. Because this is how you have hurt so many people and kept many people away from reality. These are not petty points, very important. That's how we have treated women in a different way. Now today they have become so difficult. You see, women are equally the same as men are. And this is not petty, it's very important because woman is the one who makes the society. Right. Can we then come on to the point of in Sahaja Yoga, obviously, there are certain um, recommendations as to the way you should live. There's no recommendation at all, but as I told you, that as soon as you see the light, you throw the snake, you see, automatically you become your own guide. Because you start feeling the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the mother. You start feeling it, and once you start doing anything wrong, they just disappear. You become like a divine computer. And the answering machine stops. So then you come back to normal. You don't have to tell anybody, don't do this, don't do that. They themselves stop it. So we're talking also about a real physical feeling. Yes, of course. You feel the cool breeze on your hands, every fingertip. You can feel the different centers that are within you. And if you know how to correct them, you're all right. I mean, we have definitely cured cancer. We have definitely cured epilepsy. We have definitely cured many, many diseases which is being now established by Delhi University and the three doctors who have got MD out of it. But how do you do this then? This is simple as this, that, see, when you go to extremes, you go out either to the left, to the right. If you go to the left, you get emotional problems. If you go to the right, you get physical or mental problems. Simple as that. When this Kundalini rises, she pierces through all these centers enriches them, it's a vital force, so enriches them and also put them together so that all the time the energy is flowing to them because it is also connected to the means. But it obviously demands a faith and a belief, doesn't it? No, not at all. Faith and belief is outside, is mental. It's a mental projection that has done much more harm than good. But if somebody comes along and says, I am ill and is desperate because they know that they are very mortally ill, yeah. and um, says, okay, let's try it, that doesn't necessarily mean to say that they will actually get this feeling. They have nothing to do about it. The person who is going to help them can only put the hand on their head or could be on their back and can cure them. It's so simple because fundamentally we are very simple. If you know the fundamental points about ourselves, that there are seven centers which are to be controlled. Of course, in the, in the medical terminology, you can say that there are plexuses, but they are on the physical side, also on the mental side, 
also on the emotional side, these centers act. If you know how to correct these centers, you are all right. But back we come to this thing, how does a person get to the stage where they can give this sort of help to others? That's what I'm saying, that once, supposing I raise your Kundalini, and you get realized, well, you can do it. Only thing you have to know a little bit decoding, that's all. But there must be a realization within a person's mind. Not before, it is after. Before is only mental or emotional. But how does this happen to a person? Because it is already built in. It is something like, now you have this machinery, if you put to the means, it works, because it is built in. Surely, though, there is a, a point where a person realizes that they have got a gift, or the no, otherwise no. they just go on through life doing what they, they were doing. You see, there is no question of anybody having any gift or anything. It is question of you being a human being, first of all. Second point is that having the desire to know the truth. That's all. I'm still, I must say, slightly confused as to the point. I and many, many other people, a lot of our listeners, ah. we want going about their business in their homes, on the streets and yeah, so on. Yeah. And what you've told me is that within them they have the Kundalini, right? Of course. But, of course, they are probably unaware of that. They are unaware. And course. they don't know how to use it. Of course. So at what point and how do they actually come to use it? It has to be awakened, first of all. As I said, it is to be connected to the means. That's, say, my job or could be the job of John or somebody who has got realization and who knows about Kundalini. We call them Sahajogis. Nowadays, see, I cannot travel all over the world. I do, but we are now working in thirty nations. So these people are doing it. They don't take any money for it. There are no What can you charge? What then is the mission, then? Mission is to emancipate human beings, to transform them. If you have to bring people to some sensible situation, we have to see that they receive the truth, which is absolute. We live in a relative world. That's why all these problems are there. Don't you find, Mataji, from time to time, that the problems of the world are so enormous? There's a disaster here, a disaster there, a few people fighting each other over there and killing each other, people taking hostages and so on. Is there a point when you say, yeah. you know, is, is this too much? Too much, I know, but you see, but because everybody has gone amok, if you can just somehow or other get them to the absolute point, and if they become the divine computer, everything will fall in places. Everything. We have done it. I mean, you will be surprised now we have Jews. They worship Christ and they love Muslims. The other day we had one Iraqi and one Irani hugging themselves, kissing themselves. So wonderful to see these people. There's no more these artificial boundaries, no hatred, nothing. But we're talking, in fact, at the moment of the exception rather than the rule. How? No, 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 there are many. They are in thousands. They are in thousands. It's not exceptional. They are not exceptional people. They are very ordinary. Actually, exceptional people are lost in their ego, mostly, in their success. So they never come. They'll never come to Sajo. They'll go to Forest Guru, whom they can purchase, they can give money, like 
to me only those people who have real desire within themselves come. But somebody has a desire to earn money or to say have a, some sort of a power, I mean political maybe, they go to somebody like that. Here it is the question of spiritual power. In a way from what you're saying, you've not set up a bureaucratic, formalized faith. Not at all. Bureaucrats are the worst of all for this, because my husband is a bureaucrat. They are very difficult people, they have to manage their seats, you see, all the time. And also the politicians have the same problem. And they are always very insecure about it. But as far as other people are concerned, who are neither here in the competition of power and in the competition of money, those such people are the ones who come to me first. They are the easiest to handle. But then we can also handle difficult people. It's not, it's not so difficult now because we have done it. So now I find it's not going to be that difficult. You must get quite a lot of skeptics come along to you and say, Oh, lots of people, they say all kinds of things. Doesn't matter. You see, they are in ignorance what to do. But our religion is to know yourself and enjoy. We call it the innate pure religion. Is that a religion then of me personally? Of course. Which you know. It's not somebody has to tell you anything. You know everything yourself, within yourself. And if you need any guidance, then I can give you or he can give you. But as you grow, you yourself start experiencing it. You feel you are in the kingdom of God, the way you are looked after. On the other hand, does one slide away from the, uh, from the established path from time to time? No, the establishment is, uh, you know, as it is. So. <laughs> You become so dynamic, you become so dynamic that you stand out. We have people who have gone up so much in the field of art, in the field of music, in the field of education, after coming to Sahaja Yoga. Everybody. You'll be amazed that in Sahaja Yoga, when people come, even in England, we have no one who is unemployed. We're talking a lot, I would have thought equally, about self-knowledge. Yes. So you know the self-knowledge because you know about your centers. You know where you lie with yourself. You face yourself. You know that you have this problem, physical, or this problem, which is emotional, or this problem, which is mental. Last of all, a spiritual problem also you may have. All these problems you can see yourself and then only you can correct it. And you become so peaceful. For example, now, if you see in the normal state, we think all the time we're thinking. Supposing now there's a red light I see, I start thinking about it. Something must come into my head about it. It will not be a silence there. With this happening, what happens? A thought rises and falls, another thought rises and falls. And we are jumping on the cusps in the future or in the past. Now when this happening takes place, what happens? That in between there's a little space that is the present. We just stop there. That's the peace. You are so peaceful. Despite all this is happening around you, you are extremely peaceful, you witness everything, and because you are out of the problem, you can see it clearly and you can solve it also. It's like jumping out of the water in, the, uh, in a boat and seeing it. But if you know how to swim, you can save others also. 
It all sounds so easy. It is the easiest has to be. All vital things are easy. Supposing for our breathing, if we had to go to library, what would have happened? It is too so vital for us. We are all in that power, and that power has to see that whatever it has created has to come to the stage. And the human beings are the epitome of that creation. We are at the epitome, and we have to just jump a little or say the little breakthrough, and we are there. But one has to open the mind to see that there is a chance. Is that then any hope that we're going to get at some point to the perfect world? I have all the hopes, all the hopes. When I visit other countries, I'm amazed. And now Russia has called us. What do you say to that? <laughs> Russian government. <laughs> 